Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. I will begin by reading the verses that we are looking at. Those are verses 15 through 17, where the Apostle John writes, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now remember again that we looked at verse 15 over the last couple of weeks. The world and the Father are at odds with each other at the moment, and it's not the earth, it's the world system. All the systems that are against God, amen, that, have, that came because of the fall of man. See, there wouldn't be any systems that oppose God if man didn't fall. Are you all with me? Because there wouldn't be anybody rebelling against God to create systems that rebel against God. Amen? That's the reason why I said it's not everything in this earth. Because remember, the church is in this earth as well. <laughs> okay? And we're not rebelling against God. I hope not. Okay? <laughs> um, but, well, you know, I can't speak for every church. All right? But I'm just saying that, generally speaking, you know, there is the body of Christ in this earth. And they are here to do God's will. So we're not talking about every single thing that is in this earth. We are talking about all the things that are in this earth, that are in a fallen state, that are rebelling against God and creating systems to do that. And, you know, what we're going to see today is what causes those systems to be the way they are. He's going to identify what those things are. Remember again that the world is different to the earth. So John is not going to say, for all that is in the earth, the trees, the forests, the mountains... Okay, notice he's going to say, now in verse 16, he says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And he says, it's not of the Father, but is of the world. Again, can I add the word fallen world? Amen? So, what we are seeing now, and what we're going to be looking at, is what some of those things are. Because if we can identify those things, not only in the world around us, but also in ourselves... We'll stay away from those things in ourselves because we'll know what they actually lead to. And we don't want to, be, we don't want to have anything to do with it. So notice again he says here, for all that is in the world, and he identifies those three things, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father but is of the world. Now the Apostle James, the half-brother of Jesus, offers a parallel to this verse, equating, excuse me, all that is in the world to the demonic wisdom that is found in this world. When he writes in James chapter 3, and I'm reading from verses 13 through 15, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? So this is only for the wise and understanding. Okay, that's all of you. Okay, all right. <laughs> he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. Now, I wish I could preach on all of this. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm go I've got the mic. No. <laughs> oh, very briefly, okay? Let me, just, let me just say this. I want you to notice the Apostle James says 
That it is, can I rephrase it a little bit? That it is the wise and the understanding that show good conduct through their works in meekness. Not boasting and showing off. Are you all with me? Amen? And he goes on to say, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. He says in verse 15, this wisdom does not descend from above, listen, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Now we're going to talk about the lust of the flesh, which is the desire of the senses, okay? Alright, so we notice here that there is a wisdom that comes from a place that is not God. That comes from a place that is fallen. And a being that caused that fall. It's two things, do you understand? Okay, because Satan would have nothing to work with if we weren't fallen. Because we would reject and resist it. As Christians, that's what you do. Amen? Whenever something comes you know, uh, at you that you know is ungodly, I hope that you resist it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that, that you say, no, I'm not doing that. You know, uh, just the, for example, you want to speak badly about someone or criticize someone or you, know, you get angry and mad and you, know, you want to fly off the handle and you come to your senses and say, no, I'm not doing that. Because that's going to cause more problems. Have you noticed whenever you do something like that? You spend weeks and months regretting it. At the time, you really, really feel like you want to do this now. Later on, you wish you didn't. That's what God sees. That's the reason He's telling you up front, don't go there. Because it's a, it's a bumpy journey back. Can I say that? Okay, <laughs> alright. Lots of repenting. So... In other words, again, anything that has its origin in the fallen world's system doesn't come from God, but from the kingdom of darkness and often the devil himself. So returning to 1 John 2.16, let's get into this now. And looking at it from, first of all, an overall perspective, Simon J. Kistamaka says that the first two categories, cravings and lust, are sinful desires. The last, which is boasting, is sinful behavior. The first two are internal and hidden sins. They do manifest, by the way, but they begin on the inside. The last is an external and revealed sin. The first two pertain to individual per, the individual person. The last to the person who is surrounded by people. Very hard to boast when there's nobody there. <laughs> okay? That can only take place with other people. Have, have you noticed you can't boast by yourself? Okay, you got it now. All right, good. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, with this understanding, let's go and look at all of this in, in detail. Beginning with the phrase, the lust of the flesh, which from the actual literal text is better translated, the desire of the flesh. You know, we need to see it in that context because when we talk about lust, we just go in the wrong places. All right? We can desire a lot of things. Do you understand? That sort of, when we look at it from that point of view, we begin to understand that that can be anything that your flesh goes after. Now, the problem with this is because the flesh... Uh, let me go back a step. When God created man, where did our body come from? The dust of the ground. When the curse came in, the curse affected the dust of the ground. Okay, that's where thorns and weeds and all that sort of stuff came from. 
Everything that came from the dirt and the dust of the ground got affected along with it. So that's the reason why our bodies lust after things that are not good for us, that are against God. Because it fell with the curse. You all, you all get this? Okay? So that's the reason why the desires, and that's what we're talking about, natural desires now. And again, things that, when, when you got saved, when you got born again from above, okay, even though you changed your uh, parent, okay, God is now your father, even though you changed kingdoms, now heaven is your home, okay, you are citizen of heaven now. You have dual citizenship, by the way. All right, you got citizenship down here and citizenship up there as well. All right, the body gives you right to be here. Your rebirth gives you right to access heaven and bring heaven to earth. Jesus prayed, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So, you know, if ever you're questioning about what can I expect down here on this earth, ask yourself one quick question. What's life like in heaven? That answers the question. Amen? And that's... And, our, our job is to bring heaven to earth. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that right now? All the problems that we're facing would be gone. Amen. I'm serious. could go into detail in that, but I won't right now because I want to deal with this. All right. So again, this phrase, the lust of the flesh, better translated, the desire of the flesh, John MacArthur points out, John uses the term negatively here for a strong desire for evil things. In James chapter 4, we're going to go to James again. In verses 1 through 3, he has a lot to say about a lot of these things. I believe that he saw something. He understood something. You know, having Jesus around as your brother does something to you. you know? <laughs> okay? You pick up a few things, all right? Uh, and, and that's the reason. And you know what? The funny thing was, he wasn't saved until after Jesus went to the cross. Because it says that his brothers and his sisters didn't believe in him. They thought he was lunatic. You know. But, hallelujah, after he went to the cross, he appeared. They knew that he was God. And it's an interesting thing. It's a very interesting thing that James acknowledges him as Lord. Not just his brother. Amen? And I think that, that is a tremendous thing. When you read the book of James, understand that. Understand that he didn't believe in Jesus to begin with. And now you look at the respect that he has for Jesus and all the things that he said. In fact, a lot of times, you know, you'll see so many parallels in what James said and what Jesus said. Because Jesus didn't just preach, he lived it. And James saw the result of living this kind of life. That's why he talks about hypocrites and all that sort of stuff. All the wrong wisdom, everything. He talks about all of those things. As we go through, we're going to see a fair bit of James in what we're looking at here. Looking at James chapter 4, once again, in verses 1 through 3, he says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? He's talking to believers, Christians. Hello, okay, this is not the world. Right? He says, do, not, uh, do they not come from your desire for pleasure that war in your members? Let's stop there for a second. This is the beginning of all our problems. Okay, the desire of the flesh, first of all, it's warring in you. And whatever's in you ends up out in some way. It manifests itself. So if you're calm on the inside, you know, you, you cause a calmness to come to everything on the outside. If you're at war on the inside, that's what you cause every time you walk into a room. Are you all here? 
You know, you, whatever is in you will manifest around you. You will change the atmosphere. Have you noticed that? There are some people that can walk in the room and they'll just bring a real peace. And you might have been in a bad mood, but suddenly you're okay. There are <laughs> Let's reverse that. There, you know, then there's the time when you're okay and somebody walks in. And it has the exact opposite effect. And suddenly you're just... And you don't know why. It's just driving you crazy. And, and there's just a strife there. And every word they utter causes you know, more and more strife in you. And you just don't know what's going on. Are you all with me? I don't know if you realize this or not. I, I sense this a lot of times when I walk into establishments. I can actually sense what's in those places. I don't care whether they are outwardly Christian or not. I told you, I said outwardly. Okay, all right. Or not. I can tell, because there's a spirit about places. You know, and I want you guys to become sensitive to that. You can go to different, you know, um, just, just educational institutions. You walk into one and there's just a different spirit. And that reflects in all the people that are there. You go to a different institution and it just, all the people are just, you're just going, ugh, I just can't be here. This, something is wrong with this place. What, when we don't understand this, we think something is wrong with us. Are you all with me? Understand something, you are picking up on something that is going on in the atmosphere. You are God's kids. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have a sensitivity to the spirit realm. And the reason that you have it there is... Now, okay, now, you have to be really careful how you take this, okay? The reason you have it there is to let you know what's there so that you can then determine... Listen to what I'm saying now. You can determine whether you're up to fighting that thing or whether you need to leave. Okay, I'm not one of those preachers that say, well, bless God, if you feel it wrong, just cast it out and blah, blah, blah. Hey, dude, just, you know, know what you are capable of, what, where you're up to in your faith. Are you all here? And if it's too much, get away from it. If you're bigger than it. <laughs> Time to take it down. Amen. Amen. But you check with the Spirit. Because it says those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. Amen. Alright, <clears throat> so notice again, it goes on to say here, And you lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. See, all of this is coming from that desire of the flesh. Are you all here? He says, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you don't ask. That is another problem that we seem to have. We want to get it ourselves. You know, there was a time, okay, I'm going to tell on me now. Don't throw rocks. Okay, there was a time when, you know, I just decided, you know what, I want to do it my way. You know, just one of those manly things, you know, the man things. You know what I'm trying to say? Stupidity gone to seed, alright? So, th this is me thinking, you know what, God, I don't need your help, I want to do this my way. I'm going to do, I'm just going to, you know. Oh, that is dumb. Do you know what I didn't realize was I was setting myself up against the enemy that I couldn't feel, I couldn't touch, that was invisible. This is what a lot of people don't realize when they say, well, we don't need all that God stuff. Woo, Lordy. You are setting yourself up to go down in flames. One way or the other. It may not be something, you know, very obvious. But the, you'll crash and burn. I tell you that much. You know why? Because the Bible tells us the devil doesn't like anyone. I don't, I, I don't care how special you think you are. 
He hates everyone. Do you know why? Because you're in the image and likeness of God. You know what I'm trying to say? And just because you look like God, He hates you. There's a whole other sermon happening there. Okay, coming back to this. So he says here again, you do not have because you don't ask. Now, if you happen to ask, okay, verse 3, you, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasure. So he says, even when you do decide to ask, then it's because you want to do something wrong with it. It's for the wrong reason. Are you all with me? And so he's, he's bringing out a couple of things here. But we remember again, we're talking about the desires of the flesh. We're talking about the things that we want to do. We're talking about us not wanting God's help on things. That we want to do things our way. That we are going after things that God says, don't go after those things that are not good for you. Can I just say this as well? We need to understand, God isn't against us having things. I've said this before. The only problem He has is when things has up, have us. Okay, we can't let go of stuff and we got to have it and we got to... Uh, what's worse is when you got to have what somebody else has. We're going to talk about that, that's the lust of the eyes, alright? But we're, right now we're talking about the desires of the flesh. And we need to understand that a lot of the problems that we end up having is because of that, those, the desires that not only manifest in our life, but also manifest in businesses and, and things that are out there. That people say, well, I want a business that does this and it's a bad this. So here we see how the lust and desire of the flesh leads to all kinds of outward sins. And which the Apostle Paul deals with in some detail in Galatians chapter 5, in verses 19 through 21, where he says, now the works of the flesh. Remember before we were looking at the desire of the flesh. Now we're going to see what the works are. The manifestation of those desires. He's a, the, the works of the flesh are evident all right, which means are manifested, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, I'm in verse 20, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresies, I could talk about every single one of these, verse 21, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. He goes, I could, he could go on too. He goes, you get it, right? <laughs> All that stuff is bad, okay, is what he's trying to say. Because some people say, well, you know, I, I remember when I was growing up, you know, th there'll be people that, they say, well, you better not make me mad, because, you know, I might fly off the handle. Like, that was a big badge of, you better watch out, I'm that great. It's just like, no, you, that's not a good thing. It's the first things that it says love is, is love is patient, and love is kind, First two things. And then it goes down all the rest of the stuff. But if we get, you know, I always think if we could just work on those two first things, we'll have a really good life. And all the people around us will have a really good life. Have I got there? No. Do I want to get there? Yes. When? I don't know. We're working on it. <laughs> okay? I feel like sometimes, you know, especially if, if you're, if you're feeling responsible, you, you tend to carry weights you shouldn't carry. The Bible says, cast all your cares on God, not carry them yourself and show everybody how manly you are. Okay, it says you cast your care on God and then allow Him to guide you. Your manliness, okay, is in what you do as God leads you. When God says, go do this, don't go, oh, it's too big. No, go do it. That's where you need to be bold. That's where you need to be courageous. 
Remember what, what God said to Joshua. He didn't say, now Joshua, go there, sit in your little tent, I'll take care of everything. What did he say? Be strong, be courageous. Why do you need that stuff if you're going to sit in a tent? Okay, <laughs> alright. In other words, he's saying, dude, you need to fight. But you need to fight the battles that I tell you to fight, not the ones you're fighting. Because one of the problems that we have is we take on all kinds of pressures on the outside and then the people that are closest to us get dumped on. Can I use that term? We release all our frustrations to the people that we shouldn't. They're the ones that are with... I always, you know... God gave me this piece of wisdom a long time ago. I have used it ever since. Don't punish somebody for being there for you. Do you understand what I mean by that? When you're frustrated, you know, I've seen pastors do this in church. Now, I want you to extrapolate this. You all know what the word extrapolate means? Did I get too technical? No, you, you get this, okay? All right, extend this out, okay? To your life. There are pastors that, you know, if like five people turned up, they'll stand up and go, Oh, well, you know what? You know, people are just not, you know, committed. And what's wrong with you people? And the five people that turned up got told off. For the 20 that didn't. We do that at home. We do that everywhere. We jump on the people that are with us, complaining about everybody that didn't, wasn't with us. Or gave us grief. Why? Can we just stop stuff like that? Amen? Do you know what? That, that's what James talks about. That lust that is in us. You know, it just drives us crazy and it drives everybody around us crazy. Understand something. I have learned something. Be appreciative of everyone around you. Love them to bits because they're with you. And when those people try to, you know, those people that come and help, that don't do a great job, at least they're there trying to help. Don't get mad with them. If you want to get mad, get mad with the people that didn't turn up at all. Okay, even if they give you a little bit of help, at least they were there. Are you with me? So I appreciate when people are there. I appreciate the people that are around me. That's why you guys never hear from me how upset I am about anything else. Because you're here. <laughs> okay? I'm glad you're here. I want you to come back next time. Amen. You know? And I do the same thing with my kids. You know, Sometimes you know, my kids will help me with things. And they may not, you know, they, they say to me, you know, I didn't do it so well. I'm so sorry. I said, well, at least you're here doing something. I'm not going to complain about the quality of your work. You're working. I'll help you increase the quality. But I'm thankful that you did something. It's better than you not being here and nothing got done. Do you, you get what I'm saying? These are all things in our flesh that if we, don't underst if we don't get a wisdom from above, we'll allow those fleshly things, desires and anger and all the things that Paul was talking about to come out in the wrong direction. So who am I to get mad with? The devil! We wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
Ephesians 6, 12. But against principalities and power. You're getting this stuff that you can't see. That's where our fight is. People don't come or people are not helping. It's because that thing has some way, somehow kept them away. You fight that, not the people that didn't come. Fight the thing that is holding them from coming. Are you all here? Now you need to do the same thing in your job. You know, if you're dealing with a situation, a lot of times it's so easy to see the people that are causing you problems rather than the thing behind the people that's causing the problem. You might say, yeah, but gee, they're very willing to cause, <laughs> okay, to listen to that bad spirit. True, I'm not taking away from that because we do have a will. But it's harder for something, so for someone, something, for someone to do something when there is no inspiration from that thing pushing that person along. They'll suddenly lose wind in their sails. You know what I'm trying to say? I have, I have seen that happen. It's amazing. When, you know, there's a potential problem. And it's almost like, peace, be still. And the whole storm just calms down. And you walk past and everything is calm. And as soon as you close the door and go out, it erupts again. Because everywhere you go, there's peace. And you can demand that peace. Do you know what kind of peace that is? Listen, it's the peace that passes all understanding. Let me retranslate that to you in today's language. It's stuff that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they had all the reason to be mad and suddenly they're like, I'm so peaceful. It's like I've been drugged. <laughs> Until you leave and suddenly the drugs wear off. And they're back at it again. <laughs> okay? That's a peace that passes all understanding. <laughs> yeah. LDS, no. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> getting, getting back to this. So returning to the phrase, the desire of the flesh, in his commentary, Simon J. Kistemaka says that the word desire is used collectively to represent cravings that include sexual desire and covetousness. He says that these, these cravings are evil because they cause man to disobey God's explicit command. In Exodus 20.17, where he said, You shall not covet. Moreover, these cravings originate in man's fallen nature and give birth to sin. Did you get all of that? So, this is, this is why we are... Again, this is what I'm talking about. Can we take a step back for a second? I've just got five minutes left. Let me just take a step back for a second. I want you to understand something. Remember that John went to heaven. Okay, I really want you to see this because it's such a powerful thing when you see it from his perspective. All right, Like I said, it's not just the words on the page, it's the spirit behind what is being said here. He went to heaven and what would he have seen? A world that was devoid of all of these things. And it would have been, wow, is this what it's like? Can we, okay, follow me now. And he comes back down here and basically, you know, it's almost like a slap in the face when you come down to this planet. When you've been in heaven. Because there's such a stark contrast. And you understand why Jesus was praying, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because it ain't happening down here. Okay? 
And I want you to understand something that in seeing the way things should be like, when he got back down here, he was able to identify of all the things that are in this earth, the root of each of those things. And so he says, all that is in the world, and he says, can, be tra- can I rephrase it? Can be traced back to the lust or the desire of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the main three branches that go out and cause all the problems that mankind is having right now. He was able to see that clearly because he went to a place that none of those things existed. I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. There was a point in time when once I thought, you know, I would love to know what somebody who went to heaven would come back with and tell us. Give us some insight into living down here, having been to heaven. Because the only other person that did that was Jesus. Okay, he said, I have come from a place that nobody has gone to. (laughs) Okay, and he said, I can tell you about things that nobody has seen. Everybody else is guessing. I'm telling you facts. Seriously, when we do the life of Jesus, that's exactly what he says, all right? But here's the Apostle John. Amen? And he's, that, that's why I love the epistles of John. That's why I think, you know, you can't kill someone that's, already, that's been up there. You just can't. They just go, kill me, I win. Live, I win. Either way, I win. What do you want to do? <laughs> okay? For a Christian, death is not such a big deal. They're going on permanent vacation. What's your problem? We're going to miss them. There it is. Desire of the flesh. I told you it all comes back down to one of these three things. We, our flesh wants to keep their flesh here. I'm saying that, okay? They're having a great time. When we get to the place... We are no longer being led by the desire of the flesh. We will learn to let go. And we will learn to enjoy life here and celebrate when people leave to go home. Amen? We'll pick up on this next time. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father.